I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 331 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are going international today. I have an awesome guest to bring you. Spencer Matthews is a successful entrepreneur. He is the founder of Clean Liquor, which he's going to talk to us about today. Uh, he is also a former reality TV star. He was on Britain's season five of The Bachelor. He was a finalist on Celebrity Master Chef. He was also on Made in Chelsea and The Jump. Spencer is joining me from the UK today. I'm excited to have him here with me. Spencer Matthews will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video, and it is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and Spencer Matthews, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And coming Friday on First Class Fatherhood, Dan Abrams will be joining me. He is the host of Live PD on A&E. He is also the chief legal correspondent for ABC. He's got a new book out about John Adams, so don't miss out on that. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all of the upcoming guest announcements. I have three episodes coming your way next week, including another dad from the UK, Leon Rocky Edwards, who is the number four ranked welterweight fighter in the UFC. His upcoming fight was recently postponed due to the coronavirus. Uh, so make sure you lock it in to find out who else will be joining me here. Hit that Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace. And if you could, please hit me with a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you enjoy listening to the podcast. And as always, please help me spread the word about this show to every father that's in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Spencer Matthews. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got a question for you. What do you do with all your photos? I mean, I've got pictures of my camera roll that go all the way back to the iPhone 4, and they take up the majority of the storage space on my phone. And out of the tens and thousands of pictures that I've taken of my family over the years, I would say there's only a select few that I would consider my favorite. I'm sure you have favorites as well, and for those special photos, you have got to check out canvaspeople.com. Canvas people print your favorite photos on canvas for a really unique and beautiful print. I was looking for something cool and different to do with my favorite photos so I can hang them on the wall, and canvas people had exactly what I was looking for. My photos look like pieces of art and they really add a first class touch to our home. I know you're going to love Canvas People as well and right now first class fatherhood listeners can receive an 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. That's right. I'm talking about a $76 value for free. All you got to do is pay the shipping and handling. Go visit canvaspeople.com, upload your photo, and then enter the code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and you're going to receive an 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. Just take care of the shipping and handling. Go visit them today. Canvaspeople.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Joining me now, First Class Father, Spencer Matthews. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much, sir. Very, very, right. very, uh, very happy to be here. All right. Happy to have you here. Let's start it like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Uh, I have one kid. He's 18 months old. And uh, we have a second, uh, our little daughter, joining us in July. Uh, wow. So, so uh, we, we, we like to move fast. 
Wow, congratulations on that. Now, did you guys do any kind of like a gender reveal to find out what you were having, or did you guys just uh, you find out when you were at the doctor's office? How'd you do that? Oh, no, mate. If, if, if there's free information going around, I'll take it. Uh, so, no, we we uh, no, we no, were keen to find out. We're too impatient. Like, there's no way we'd wait nine months or ten months, actually, as it turns out, uh, to find out the sex. We were keen to know the first time around. So we found out uh, after ten weeks. Uh, we had something called a harmony test done. I don't know what it's like over there in the States, but you, you can have a test that reveals uh, the child's kind of health and gender from about 10 weeks here in the UK. Uh, so so we did, we've done that for both. And we have a, a young boy, as I'm sure you can hear, and a, uh, and a young girl joining us. Yeah, very cool. All right, Spencer, if you could just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, my name's Spencer Matthews. I... Uh, was born in the English countryside, but was raised in the French West Indies. Um, I have worked across a number of different sectors. I worked in finance uh, for a while as a forward foreign exchange trader uh, and broker of the Swiss franc. Uh, and then uh, I suppose most people know me here in the UK from a television show called Made in Chelsea. Uh, which is basically, uh, it's very similar to Adam DeVello's Hills. Uh, back when The Hills was uh, very popular over in the States, I in fact spent a bit of time with, with a few of the cast members out there whilst I was at USC and came back here and thought, this kind of stuff doesn't exist over here. I've always been one for like uh, an unsaturated market, if you will. I've always been uh, interested in doing things that you know, are a bit different and stand out. Uh, reality TV was not a big genre back in the day over here. So uh, so we made a fair amount of that. And I went on to do a fair amount of other shows. I was the UK Bachelor. I gather that's a big show in the States. We don't have to marry the girl at the end. Uh, and uh, I was a finalist in MasterChef and won a show called The Jump, which is about ski jumping. A very competitive guy. Uh, and now have a couple of businesses uh, one is Eden Rocks Diamonds. We make engagement rings, uh, bespoke engagement rings. And the other, which is probably more personal and close to my heart, is the Clean Liquor Company, where we make ultra low uh, and no alcohol liquors. Uh, currently, gin and rum with uh, flavored vodka, tequila and whiskey on the way. Yeah, you, you've had an incredible ride here, Spence. We're going to touch on your uh, clean liquor company in just a minute here. But um, how did the, how did the, you've had all these wild experiences in your life. How did the experience of becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I think by the time I became a father, I was very keen on growing up anyway. Uh, so but obviously it puts, uh, well, you know, you no longer put yourself first, I suppose, um, if in your 20s you were a bit hedonistic like, like I was and, and, and you know, Selfish is the wrong word, but, you know, had your own interest at heart, say more than others. Um, it, it's it's nice to care about somebody more than you care about yourself. And I kind of had that with my uh, best friend and wife, Vogue. Uh, it was the first real time in my life that I put other people first, I suppose, um, which sounds bad, but I'm just being honest. Uh, so, no, it was. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a really exciting time. And I mean, especially for the father when they're about this age. You said you had four kids. Four. Yep. Yeah. So so Theodore was 18 months coming, going on 19 months uh, in a few days. And he he's a proper age now where you can have a load of fun with him as a father. You know, I think the early days, uh, uh, you kind of question 
uh, well, I certainly was questioning. I was, I, I was, I was like, you know, wow, does it? How, how, what, where is this feeling that everyone talks about? You know, how it's, you know, the most amazing thing and the most, you know, you feel this love, and of course you love your kid, but, but it's, it's really apparent now. Like now, he wakes me up at five in the morning. I don't even care. Like I'm keen to get up with him. Whereas, you know, I suppose when he was a bit slower and smaller. Uh, it was less exciting and entertaining, I suppose, being a father. And like, you know, he's at that stage where he's like a little sponge now, you know, like any, I can say words to him and he'll repeat them, you know, like a little parrot. So, so his vocabulary is kind of, you know, growing by the day and uh, he's fine. He's good fun. His vocabulary is kind of growing by the day and he's learning new, new words, new tricks. And you can kind of really begin to understand their intelligence at this age as well. Yeah, you know, not saying he's going to cure cancer or whatever, but he's he, you can see that um, they put two and two together quite well. You know, now he knows he knows the difference between certain things and he knows what's dangerous and what's hot. And, you know, he's not he's not just rolling around aimlessly anymore. Yeah, very cool, Spencer. Yeah, my oldest is 13, mine are 13, 12, 9 and 5 at the moment. And I can only tell you it's gotten better each and every year with each one of them. So it's only only great things to come here. And, and, and listen, since the, it's the hottest topic in the world right now, the coronavirus here has obviously um, made us all stay home. Uh, in the States here, we're pretty much on a lockdown. What is it like over there in the UK and your wife uh, being pregnant? Uh, is she yeah. at any more risk, have they said? Is she, uh, are you guys quarantined over there? How are you guys managing through this whole thing? They have put pregnant ladies uh, in the same vulner- uh, kind of vulnerable group as elderly people. Uh, and people with pre-existing health conditions. They say that there's no evidence so far to substantiate that, uh, you know, the pregnant ladies would, would be more susceptible to the coronavirus or, or, or would be endangering their unborn children. But they, I think, my two cents on it is, and this is pure, this is, this is something I, I, I kind of, I've been following the news an awful lot, and obviously it's affecting business, so I'm really kind of across and on top of the coronavirus. I feel... Uh, the, obviously, the NHS is incredibly burdened at the moment. You know, every every bed is taken. There's a lot of um, there's a lack of ventilators. So I personally believe that were pregnant ladies to descend as well as old people into into the into the hospitals in the NHS, it would be uh, an enormous burden. However, it's a very British thing, and I'm sure a thing all over the world to look after women and children first. So obviously. Uh, one would always put women and children in a high risk category as far as I'm concerned. However, thankfully, there seems to be uh, uh, no evidence to substantiate that they are any more at risk. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. And uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, this thing has completely reshaped all of our lives in a matter of it seems like just minutes here. Everything has been kind of turned upside down. I want to get to your clean liquor uh, um, company here, because uh, as I stated before, we were talking this. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Alcohol has played a devastating role in my life and that of my families. And, yeah. and we talk about deaths in the United States. There are 88,000 alcohol-related deaths every year in the United States, uh, yet alcohol always seems to be promoted in such a positive light. We always see the commercials and sponsors, uh, the biggest sporting events in the world. So what was the genesis of the Clean Liquor Company, and uh, what is it all about? Um, Well, coming from a similar place to you, I suppose, I wouldn't say... And it's not for fear of calling myself an alcoholic. I honestly don't mind what people think of my drinking habits. I found... For me, uh, the alcohol played a very regular part in my life, especially uh, in my late teens and throughout my 20s, to the point where 
um, I wouldn't say it was devastating. Like I had a lot of fun, but I was very unproductive. Uh, I had a lazy streak to me. Uh, I wasn't a nasty kind of guy, but I just didn't. Um, I would blame others for my uh, shortcomings and I would have an air of arrogance to me that if something didn't go my way, it was just, you know, it was the world or it wasn't my it wasn't my fault. I wouldn't take any responsibility for my own actions. I would make mistakes. Um, I would be unproductive. I wouldn't care to learn. I wouldn't read interesting books. I wouldn't talk to interesting businessmen. I just wouldn't care. Uh, and for me, it began to really play uh, on my mind that I really wasn't going to be this successful person that I thought I could become. My whole life, I've spent time thinking, oh, one day I'll be this and I'll be that and I can do this and I can do that. And when I kind of turned 30 and, and I was you know, drunk for the better part of a week, I would begin to think, actually, none of that stuff is going to happen. Uh, and I'm never going to settle down with anyone who's going to take me seriously. And respect was kind of slipping through my, my fingers. I would I would kind of I would have conversations with good people who I really respect. And I would see them see me in a different category, in a different light. And that just really uh, turned me on and fired me up to try and make some positive changes in my life. Um, and for me, it was just a kind of, you know, I, I've, I've, I was a city trader. You drink every day after work. I ran nightclubs. You drink every night at work uh you know i i filmed an awful lot of television in downtime you have a few drinks because you're not filming you know it was and i'm not blaming you know the 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 place the places i grew up in or the jobs that i've done it's just i would find myself uh finding it extremely normal to the point where i might even have relied on that drink uh to go out or to have fun in inverted commas you know and i personally just don't think the two go together and especially now uh, everybody is looking at it slightly differently. Like there was a time when it was quite cool to be out all night long and, and, and you know, being the loudest and the funniest and, and, and the, almost the most drunk was kind of very socially accepted as, oh, that guy's good fun. You know, whereas now there seems to be a far, uh, they're really changing times and people people look at it differently. I would, I would go so far as to say it's decidedly uncool to be drunk in public now, uh, which certainly wasn't the case a few years ago. Um, so the clean liquor company basically aims uh, to give you all of that ritual and experience of drinking an alcoholic drink without the negative effects of the alcohol. So you have, uh, you know, our gin is four times distilled with 10 times the botanicals the you know, a Gordon's would have, for example. So it's really fragrant, really potent, uh, but it has 1.2 percent alcohol. And I understand and I'd be very interested to get your view, actually, as um, a self-confessed recovering alcoholic, whether or not you would touch the products i see it here as uh, the market for moderation is far larger than the market for abstinence for example we're not a sober brand we're a moderation brand whereby you can drink this all night long and not get drunk you know you would need i would need about 150 clean gin and tonics to feel the, the actual effect of the alcohol uh, I'm sure for some people it's more and for some people it's less but our point is you can consume two full bottles of gin uh, and still drive a car, you know, so that's the kind of points behind it. For me, sobriety is not being drunk. And that doesn't mean to say that I'm going to go out and have two beers and, you know, then stop like that doesn't work for me. So for me, I need to know that if I'm drinking something, I can drink, you know, a few of them and it's not going to have any effect on my, uh, 
mental state of mind or or behavior i suppose yeah well i'll be honest with you spencer with that i mean i'll do like when i'm out with my wife and we're going to a restaurant i'll have a non-alcoholic beer it'll be something like either an old duels we have over here or yeah. like a, a, a cloister hall or something like that um so i'm not sure if it would be similar to something like that uh where i would try it but i'm very careful with myself just because like i said it's led me down some very you know bad paths in my life and i think i mean i drive uber on the weekends and one of the most encouraging things about uh this generation of kids especially the college age kids is that they're not drinking and driving they're they're taking uber they're taking lyft but i on the other hand i think that gives them the okay and that freedom to really get themselves plastered at night too because i see some some real horror shows at, at night from this but i think you know a product like this if you're not if you're not drinking it to enjoy and socially go out and drink and you're drinking these high levels of alcohol drinks, the only purpose would be uh, to get bombed and to get annihilated. And I think your yeah. um, your product here serves the purpose of being able to uh, what they call uh, social drinking. And we're not suggesting that, you know, drinking alcohol is not cool or whatever. You know, it's the hard liquor as it comes in its natural form is incredibly strong. You know, this is what people kind of and just because it's been around for thousands of years doesn't make it right. Uh, you know, if if my wife had three regular strength gin and tonics, she's going to know about it. She'll be drunk, you know, and, and the following morning she'll have a headache and, you know, her anxiety will kick in or or whatever. I'm very fortunate that my mental health has always been pretty strong, you know, but I, but I feel like. Uh, alcohol doesn't need to be the way alcohol is now. That doesn't mean to say that alcohol doesn't need, need has to be alcohol free either, you know. But I think there's a there's a really big opportunity uh, to serve drinks that aren't as strong uh, as as proper drinks, you know. Unless you're going out with the expressed intent on, on turning yourself inside out and upside down, uh, I won't suggest quicker ways to do that. But you know, you don't need to be buying nice drinks at a bar to do that. You know, it, it's just for me. I want the social experience of going out, interacting with people, having fun, ha- keeping a clear mind, knowing what I'm doing, uh, but also having the barman shake me up something really cool that's not full of sugar, that's not full of calories, and that tastes like a gin and tonic or a rum and coke. You know, and I can sip away at it, feeling a part of what's going on around me, knowing that uh, it's not having an effect on my sobriety. Yeah, I love the premise of the company, uh, Spencer, and I, I'm very happy to see that, you know, it's doing well and that you're continuing to push it. Uh, I hope we get more companies that start start to kind of follow suit with what you're doing here. I think it would be have a positive impact on our entire society. So uh, uh, props to you for that. Let me rein this back into you here as a dad. I see you throw up some pictures there of reading with your with your son. Uh, what is the bedtime routine like with your son here? Are you a book reader? Are you a storyteller? Are you a lullaby guy? How are you getting him down to bed at night? All right, dads, the summer will be here before you know it. Are you serious about turning your dad bod into a beach bod? Well, former Navy SEAL and professional MMA fighter Mitch Aguiar has designed the products to help you smash your goal. Smashing Greens are an extremely nutrient-dense blend of organic superfoods with no fillers. They are designed to be taken as a daily supplement or as a complete meal replacement. All ingredients were chosen to specifically curb your hunger, maximize your energy, clear your skin, and burn fat. Visit MassiveSupplements.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out all available products, including plant-based multivitamins, Smashing Beans Organic Coffee, Protein Shakes, Power Creatine, and more. Smash your greens. Visit MassiveSupplements.com. That's M-A-S-F Supplements.com. 
I seen you throw up some pictures there of reading with your with your son. Uh, what is the bedtime routine like with your son here? Are you a book reader? Are you a storyteller? Are you a lullaby guy? How are you getting him down to bed at night? We like a bit of all of that, mate. We we invent songs. We we sing. We uh, no, there's. Uh, I find that you know being creative with, with your kids is really good fun, and it's kind of essential. It presumably opens their mind up to to being a bit more creative themselves, perhaps. Uh, we read all sorts of famous books, you know, the Tongue Sang, the Tank Engine stuff, and you know all, anything we've got our hands on, basically the Gruffalo and all all all, all little bits and bobs. But um, but he's he's great. Typically, we'll read him a story. Um, he loves Peppa Pig. He loves the Teletubbies. He didn't. He didn't really. Um, he wasn't really into kind of TV, and we had that. Uh, we had that air about us. We were like, our kid doesn't even like TV. And now, like, we're, we're, now when he does watch TV, we're delighted because it gives us some time off. Uh, but he's um, no, he's a brilliant kid. He's struggling slightly with his sleep at the moment. There, there was a time when we'd put him down, and he'd just go straight to sleep. You know, no problem. Now he'll 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 have a good old whinge for a while. I think it's because he loves his mum so much. <laughs> what, what are some of the biggest values you're hoping to instill in, in your son and, and your and your coming daughter um i think that the hard work is important i know it's a, a kind of obvious one but you know when you look at some people who have success or they've made success for themselves uh, and and you know they're incredibly wealthy or whatever they miss some and this is a generalization but some people just don't instill it in their kids you know and they and they you know, parade around and, and, and do all these beautiful things and, and stuff. And, and the kid takes it for granted. And that's uh, that's a real problem, I think, in, in, in society is when is when kids don't understand the value of hard work. So uh, you need to understand the value of a pound, you know, and how far money goes. Uh, I mean, I, I myself didn't understand the, the, the value of money. I knew what to ask, what I would get away with and what I wouldn't get away with. You know, we grew up in a beautiful house uh, in the English countryside but as a kid, that's just home. You know, you don't you don't necessarily link the dots to oh, my family is wealthy because you don't know what wealth is. You know, so so as a kid, I would look at a toy that was say twenty pounds, like twenty five pounds, and I would really want it, and I'd say, oh, can I have that? And I'd be told you can't have it till it's till it's your birthday or Christmas. You know, and I can remember, and twenty five pounds is twenty five pounds. You know, but but at the time you're like, oh, okay, and you take it all on board, and it was a real real long time actually until i started to really open my mind uh to to kind of what's uh like how the world works in terms of money and stuff so i think my parents did quite a good job at a young age of you know living within your means and and stuff like that but uh but i think i think it's important but also just to be kind to be considerate to be uh generous without having people take advantage of you uh and just to be to be you know happy and good fun i think a good sense of humor will get you through most things yeah, very well said, Spencer. And, and, and uh, you mentioned, yeah, The Bachelor is very big over here in the U.S. I've had several of The Bachelor and Bachelorette winners, I guess you want to call them, on the podcast here. Um, what what was that experience like for you? And at what age would you feel comfortable allowing your kids to actually watch the show? Oh, God. I like Honestly, I, it's so funny because I kind of put sober me and, and and past me as different people like, like I, i've said quite recently that i i don't think i'd be friends with myself two years ago like i've unlocked an area of my mind that i didn't have before and i i've developed not a hatred but i've developed this uh rather low opinion of myself before and i realize that sounds a bit sanctimonious but the bachelor i was a kid when i did the bachelor i think i was 22 years old 
uh, and, uh, and I was at the time I was even though I was this big character on Made in Chelsea you know the Bachelor I was the only guy there there's 26 girls I think or 24 girls one didn't make it to the airport so there's 24 girls uh, and I can remember thinking you know I, I just really hope they like me because it's weird because you're, you're 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 sat there and you're like they're literally being forced to to try and win this and 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 you know fall in love with me I suppose so it's not like they have options <laughs> so I can remember I, I was sat there thinking like well if they don't fancy me then the show's kind of over and then they'll pretend to fancy me and it's like you know so I suppose my, my head's not as big as um perhaps people think it is I, I can remember on that night thinking like I wouldn't expect any of them to fancy me do you know what I mean so it was kind of weird um but it was great and I remember thinking you know, my mother's going to watch this show, so I, I'm going to be uh, a gentleman and blah, blah, blah. And, and I mean, they keep you so separate on those shows. I've never seen anything like it. Like, you weren't actually able to have a conversation off camera, you know, let alone spend any intimate time with anyone. Like, it just doesn't happen at all. You know, you're kept completely separate. So, um, I don't know. It was kind of like a, a, an eight-week holiday. It was very nice, actually. You know, as far as jobs go when you're 22, I'd put it, I'd put it up there. Yeah, very good. I would imagine it was an awesome experience one way or the other, Spencer, and it's good memories to have. But I, I agree with you there, and I relate to what you're saying as far as uh, a drunk myself and, and sober self. I, I've definitely unlocked parts of my soul that I didn't even know existed, and I do look back on some of the things that I've done and, and kind of been like, who was that person? And I'm glad that I'm not uh, who he was. So, I mean, I, I can yeah. definitely relate to what you were saying there. And uh, what about as far as I know he's only 18 months old here. What type of uh, disciplinarian have you been so far? Are you a spanker, a timeout guy? How are you kind of handling him there? We give him timeouts. I think I think we kind of try and like it's hard because he's like he's so cute, you know, and it's like and, it, and it's difficult because like when you give them a timeout, put them outside the room and you shut the door like they get genuinely like really upset, you know, but actually it works. It works really well. I'd say my wife has more of an iron fist than I do. You know, we're, we're, I, I kind of just. Is it wrong? I find him really cute when he cries, you know, unless unless he's being really annoying. But, you know, when his big fat cheeks puff up all red and, you know, he's got these streaming little tears coming down his face. I think it's quite cute. So I'm uh, I feel inclined to, like, pick him up and and grab him. But no, he's um, I think he gets we're pretty fair with him. You know, if he's being like absurd or he has to be carried everywhere and he's throwing a hissy fit, uh, you know, because he can't have what he wants, then he'll be. Punished is the wrong word because he's kind of too young, but he'll be, you know, he'll know that we're not happy with him. Put it that way. Yeah, well said. And no, what kind he's, of- a bit, he's a bit young to the old spank. Did you ask if I was a spanker? Right, yeah. He's a bit, he's a bit young to the old spanking, I think. <laughs> yeah. like, but I was spanked. I was, I, 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 I was spanked for sure. You know, that was, uh, that was when you crossed the line. It was scary stuff that, you know, I didn't enjoy it, I have to say. So we'll have to see. I don't know what you're, what, what's kind of, socially acceptable nowadays you'll get a call from child services yeah i, mean, I think that's what uh, a lot of people relate to is that uh, i was the same boat i think we all kind of grew up with a different uh, i mean my father was 50 years old when he had me so he came from 1930 he was he came from a completely <laughs> different world of discipline so uh yeah what, what his style was would definitely be considered unacceptable today so it's kind of uh, i don't know there's some benefits and some downfalls to all of it so i mean it's i think yeah. each kid needs to be handled and disciplined. I find that way with my four. Each one responds to different uh, different styles of discipline for sure. I think um, I think it's very important. I think discipline is extremely important though. Like like you cannot let kids just run wild doing whatever they want. 
and you see that as a lot as well like when you're 100%, out and about yeah people just have no control of their kids zero and it's like kids are screaming at their parents and swearing at their parents in some cases and it's just like no 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 like you know past a certain age unless the child understands full-on hierarchy in the house you're gonna have your hands full yeah and a lot of that spencer too here in the united states i'm not sure what the stats are over in the uk but here uh, we have got a terrible fatherless crisis in our country. Way too many kids are growing out without a, growing up without a father in the household. So um, it's a, it ha- that has a devastating effect on our society as well. I'm not too sure about how the stats are over there. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, mate. I'm not sure. Um, well, you know what? Well, what kind of plans or goals do you have here for yourself in the future, Spence? You've had so much success already at such a young age. What kind of goals do you have here for yourself? Um, I'm really focusing on the Clean Liquor Company. I believe it can be a really big thing uh lightspeed venture partners were kind enough to lead our round uh our, our first uh of our opening round and uh, and they have big plans for us and we have big plans for our own future uh the team is building obviously with the coronavirus it's, it's really we're having to pump the brakes on a lot of marketing spend uh on trade we've got rid of our on trade team you know we're, we're having to kind of rejiggle stuff we're very much hoping that our relationships with retailers are gonna are gonna stay strong and that people are going to continue going to retailers even though it's a big ask obviously uh we're going to try and drive people direct to consumer a lot more uh i realize your question was kind of a bit vaguer than than, than that um i don't know i really want the the clean liquor company to grow into uh a global brand that i know it can be i believe that the world needs it and i believe that the world will love it uh so we hope to see you stateside very soon my friend yeah i'm going to include a link in the description of this podcast episode uh, right to the clean liquor company so my listeners can tap the link get over there and check it out L- last thing i want to hit you with here spencer i'd love to ask all the dads that i get on the podcast here you're a fairly new dad here so i'm curious to hear your answer what kind of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening Oh, I think, you know, you've got to you stay excited. Don't be frightened by it. Don't let it like don't let it control you. Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, it, it's, it's uh, the, the, the babies and, 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 you know, you will know what's best for your family uh, and, and your children. I often find that people who give lo- loads of advice like it's gospel when it comes to parenting is just, you know, most of the time people do things differently. So find your own feet, do whatever works for you. Um, you'll be delighted either way, even if it is tough at the beginning, uh, th- there's always uh, light on the other side uh, and any father who, who, um, who has children, so any father, uh, will tell you that, that it's fantastic and wonderful and all, all, all and it's, it's cer- certainly, certainly something to look forward to. So be happy. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Spencer Matthews, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Spencer Matthews for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Friday, we will have Dan Abrams joining us on the show. He is the host of Live PD on A&E. He is also the chief legal correspondent for ABC. Got a new book out about John Adams. Don't miss. going to be a lot of fun. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who else will be joining me next week. Got three fresh episodes coming your way. Each one is a banger. 
All right, I hope everybody out there is staying safe, staying healthy, and staying tuned. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales as tall as a